Hey guys, Rhett here with Game Devs Quest with this week's quick tip. Hey, is your regular old boring office ambiance routine just killing your workflow? Do you wish that it sounded like an intergalactic spaceship where you're working on your game? Hop on over to YouTube, find that search bar, type in Star Trek Ambience, and you can take your pick from several... Star Trek ambient soundtracks. You got the bridge. You got the sleeping quarters. Heck, you even got the freaking transporter room, man. Take your pick. Get your office bumping with a new workflow and get to work. Game Devs Welcome to Game Devs Quest, your once weekly podcast. Following two game dev scrubs into game devdom. If we can do it, you can too. I'm Rhett. I'm Taylor. What is up? And again, we burned all of our content in the last hour <laughs> of podcast of just talking before yeah. the podcast. You guys know that when you listen to us, like sometimes we just tangent down a huge rabbit hole. Well, oftentimes before we start podcasting, if we start like asking each other about our weeks and stuff it just like goes forever <laughs> yeah you and, guys are getting the blood from the turnip as it were yeah <laughs> well and then even the last couple of weeks we finish a podcast and then we literally talk for another hour afterwards <laughs> like i kind of feel like my mom sometimes where like as a kid growing up most of her friends lived either like out of state or you know quite a quite a drive away from her so she like spent so much time on the phone talking to her friends and it's like wow yeah i guess is that a sign of adulthood like me just (laughs) (laughs) spending time on the phone talking with your friends yeah like i mean i don't my real my friends that i could see in a physical space are very limited around here i mean my wife alia is obviously uh, the one I hang out with most, and then the others are people I work with. I don't leave my apartment outside of work almost. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> so that's what it—that's what it is. And like podcasting every week, that's pretty much my time to like catch up with you, who—who who right. I guess at this point is like you're like one of my only friends. <laughs> uh, but hey, I mean, Taylor, you're forgetting about. All of our best friends on the Discord. I know, dude. Yeah. Well, I was streaming the other night, and I was like, yeah, you know, like, I don't ever do anything outside of work except for this kind of stuff, and it's all remote, so it's like, you guys are kind of like my friends, but you're fake friends, because I actually can't really prove that you exist, and... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then everyone was like, "Wow, fake! Oh, thanks!" But then, <laughs> but then also, then it turned into this whole conversation about how they were just figments of my imagination and how I control them. And like my Dude. my secret weapon was like, uh, "I gotta leave." And someone was like, "You can't. Taylor hasn't permitted it." <laughs> Dude, okay, this is a perfect segue into something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Okay, oh, yeah? <laughs> so game dev, get in table for a minute. All right, All right so. I- I've been, uh, you know, me and Lee the other day, friend of the show, we were we were driving up to our blacksmithing course, and I told Lee that sometimes I I'm overwhelmed by the sensation 
that the things that are happening around me are happening because of like my expectation for those things to happen. Hmm. <laughs> right? So like imagine Jerry Smith in that episode of Rick and Morty and and Rick's acting all crazy and he's like, "Oh yeah, M- Morty, go 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 do whatever you want, Morty." Okay, yeah, you know. And and then he finds out that Morty is real and he goes to the school and he's like, "Morty, come with me right now. Get in the shower." And he's like, "We're being oh, yeah. targeted by Nigerian scammers, Morty." <laughs> and they're in this like computer simulation that Rick can tell is completely false, you know. <laughs> but then Jerry got caught in it. And he's in there too, and they're like, "Fine, cut his processing power down to five percent." You know, Rick Sanchez is the important one, and Rick or Jer, uh, Jerry's driving to work. You know, and he turns on the radio because he's going to this big meeting, and it's like, and now time for uh, human music, <laughs> and then it goes beep boop beep beep boop, and Jerry's like. Oh, human music. I like it. <laughs> yeah, he ends up being like this grand success in, in that simulation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's funny because I think that all the time, like everything is happening. Like somebody will say something to me and I'll be like, oh, my God. Is that did they say that or is that like the reality that now exists? Because like my mind sort of like willed that to be that way, because that just feels like too like it feels too similar to what I was thinking, right? <laughs> like, especially when I learned something new. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Are you sure you and don't it's... just have, like, schizophrenia? Like, slight I know, schizophrenia? Right? I mean... Uh, it is sort of it is sort of like a delusion that yeah. if you, you know, it, it, it is like a, a sign of, like, psychosis in a way. Uh, it's one of the main delusions that they look for is that, like, if you think that the universe sort of revolves around you... Mm-hmm. But it's also a real thought experiment, and it's called I, – I, lots of people talked about it. I think Rene Descartes talks about it a lot. Um, I'm pretty sure Plato talked about some of this. Um, and nowadays, we call the theory – it's got uh, two pieces, brain in a vat, that if our brain was suspended in a vat of life-sustaining liquids and you hooked up the electrodes to a computer, that and that computer could simulate – um, signals that uh, simulated real life to your brain, would you know that you were a brain in a vat? No, you wouldn't be able to, right? Mm-hmm. It's a question kind of posed by the Matrix in a way. Yeah, oh, totally. Um, and, you, and you guys can Google this. It's very well thought out, brain in a vat. The other part of it is called, uh, I think it's called solipsism, which is like the way that your brain interprets information. Uh, I guess Googling solipsism, like the basic uh, definition of it is the view or theory that the self is all that can be known to exist. <laughs> um, uh, and so you start getting really existential there, but but it ties in with the brain and the vat thing, right? Um, like dude, one time, this is the perfect example. Like one night I was I was thinking of just like the absurdity of life. Right. And I was thinking about that thing that we talk about all the time, that the way I got into nonfiction and history is that I I discovered that history and real life is much more rich Mm -hmm. than fantasy. Right. And in fact, things happen in real life that if you read in a fantasy book, you would put it down for being too unrealistic, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And Bailey goes, oh, my God, you won't you won't believe it. Something terrible happened. 
And I said, what is it? And she described her cousin who was in a bad relationship. She wanted to, uh, her, co- her cousin's girlfriend, they were living together, wanted to get a piano. And her cousin goes, no, like, we can't get a piano. That's ridiculous. She goes, okay, well, if I find a piano, I'm going to get it. Well, she comes home to the apartment one day and finds a piano out front with a free sign on it. And so she tries to bring it in the apartment, but she can't do it alone. So she gets her neighbor to help her. But due to, like, whatever situation, their doors were left open as they're trying to get the piano in there. And the neighbor's dog got out. And went into their apartment. And I should have prefaced the story saying they recently got a cat that her Bailey's cousin didn't even want to get. <laughs> so there's a cat in their apartment. And the dog gets out and sneaks in because they're trying to get the the piano through the door. The dog goes into the apartment, sees the cat, attacks the cat. And they take it to the vet. Had to have its leg amputated. And at the end of the story, <laughs> Bailey's cousin's girlfriend said... If you would have just let me get a piano to begin with, this would have never happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and all I could think when I, she was telling me that story, I was like, did the universe just answer, like, my thought about absurdity? You know, like, <laughs> because that is the most fucking uh, absurd thing well, I've ever heard. That story, what it, what it tells me or whatever it just is another demonstration that people really are in their own worlds and they take certain events to mean something like that fits into their story you know what i mean right like like how how many times do you tell a story to somebody and you're thinking you'll get a particular reaction and then they say something completely different than that and it's related to something that just happened to them, and you're like, "Huh? Like, okay, I don't, I don't, right. I don't get that at all." You know? Right. So I, I, I think that people really do that. Like, they are. Everyone is in their own own little world. You know? Like, yeah. I don't know. And that's <laughs> just crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that, that was is an a absurd thought. story, though. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it just she told me that, and I was like, "That's not real." <laughs> and she's like, "No, it is." They just they literally just told me about it, and I was like, "Really?" And her thought to that was, "Was you should have just helped me get a piano? Like this is yeah. your fault that we have to amputate this cat's leg?" <laughs> oh my god, the cat that he didn't even want and had to pay for this amputation all because you didn't help me get a piano. That's the takeaway here. <laughs> Oh man. Um, but yeah, I don't quite know how we got there, but it's uh, the brain in the vat uh, theory has been occupying a lot of my mind lately. It's just fun to speculate on. Obviously, it's not I mean, not true, yeah. and uh, and if, even if it were, there's no way of me to know it's true. So it doesn't really matter, right? Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, this just reminds me of like, I mean, you like. You like thought experiments and psychology a lot, it seems like. But I think when you start analyzing a lot of these things, well, psychology and philosophy, when you start analyzing a lot of these things and you really can't know, it kind of just leads you one step further to like, what's the point of life? (laughs) And oftentimes you come to the conclusion like 
there is no point. It's just chaos. Right. <laughs> right. As you know? Morty says, nobody exists on purpose. <laughs> Everybody's yeah, right. going to die. Come yeah. watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite quotes is actually from Conan the Barbarian. Uh-huh. Uh, in the 1934 short story called Queen of the Black Coast. Mm-hmm. And Conan says this about if about like the illusion of life, right? And I'll, I'll read the whole thing because I think it's pretty good, but obviously he, he talks about fantasy stuff, but it gets pretty rich. I have known many gods. He who denies them is as blind as he who th- trusts them too deeply. I seek not beyond death. It may be the blackness averred by the Numidian skeptics or Krom's realm of ice and cloud or the snowy plains and vaulted halls of the Nordheimer's Valhalla. I know not, nor do I care. Let me live deep while I live. Let me know the rich juices of red meat and the stinging wine on my palate, the hot embrace of white arms, the mad exultation of battle when the blue blades flame and crimson. I am content. Let teachers and priests and philosophers brood over questions of reality and illusion. I know only this. If life is an illusion, then I am no less an illusion. And being thus, the illusion is real to me. Dang, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he, that deep as Yeah, fuck? <laughs> that really is. I mean, that's like, that is the matrix. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's... If, it, if life is an illusion, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, what are you going to do to break out of it? And do you really want to break out of it? I don't know. Right, dude? Cypher in the Matrix breaks out of it, and all he wants from the moment he gets out is to get put back in. Right. Yep. Sometimes it's good to be bliss- blissfully ignorant, although... And in fact, that's what he says. He <laughs> says ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he takes a bite of a delicious red steak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a tough one, man. Um, I, yeah, over the years, like, I don't want to go deep into religion. <laughs> But over the years, I've uh, kind of found myself wanting to know things and wanting to, like, not put things off limits necessarily because when you pick a particular religion to abide by, there are many rules that are restrictive um, about what you should think about, how you should behave. And, like, I don't want to say my desire to know things it's not like i'm i want to do things like kill people or i want to know what it's like to murder people yeah (laughs) but what i mean is i just i want to know about the world as it truly is rather than believe something that is less than tangible you know like it's it's hard to say f- with 100% certainty whether one religion is better than another religion and if if there even is a religion that's that's true you know right so i don't know it's hard i don't i don't want to get too deep into that just because that's a touchy topic but right it's well it's and then tough. it's interesting to me though because so i i kind of feel the same way as you in a way mm-hmm. where it's weird because you have these ultra-religious people who are like, science is a lie. And then you have these ultra-science people who are saying, like, religion is a lie. Yet, the way that the science people talk about science is religious. It's a religion, I know. Like, dude, when, yeah. you, when you read Carl Sagan's book, are you oh literally, God. are you telling yeah. me, like, we're all, we're star stuff? 
we are a way for the universe to contemplate itself. Yeah, that's religious. <laughs> that's seriously, man. Well, yeah, it just it um it gives you like the same type of feeling that right. a religion and and like you believing in science. I mean, science is basically fluid. Right. right. It, it's uh, the best of our knowledge at the time, you know. Right. Um, but it's it's basically you you believing in something that could be wrong. And right. <laughs> <laughs> in the same way. And I don't want to say like, obviously, there's ways that we have have used science like we're freaking sitting here on computers right now. And we got there by learning mathematics and science. Right. Um, so there's ways that we're able to tangibly know that certain things work the way that they do. And that's what's great about science, right? You right. Can, you can See, science demonstrate is, the best it. part about it is that it's, it's, it's uh, replicatable. It's um, methodical and you can recreate it and, right. you know, sup- and all sorts of other things. So, you know, that that's what I think, like, gives science a leg up, but... But at the same time, man, it's just, it's funny when you have people, and don't get me wrong, like, I love Neil deGrasse Tyson, but he has this yeah. weird habit of just, like, shitting in humanity's sandcastles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and <laughs> that was an amazing analogy, by the way. Shitting in humanity's sandcastles? Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I can't take I can't take total credit for it, but because I've heard other people say it all the time. Because he'll like he'll like shit on the humanities all the time, you know, like it, in education. And uh-huh. then people are like, "What the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> we're academics too, you piece of shit." <laughs> yeah, I know. He is kind of another polarizing person. Um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I still admire him, and I yeah. like his personality. Oh, yeah. Like when he's not being, you know, that way. Yeah, I like him. He's funny. He's charming. Uh-huh. He's really smart. He's got a way of like making science very relatable. Uh huh. Yeah, and I thought he did a really good job in the latest uh, Cosmos. Cosmos. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I will say, man, he's not. He's not Carl Sagan. Oh no way! Carl Sagan is uh, above and beyond, man. I, yeah, I mean, he just ha- he was a freaking yeah, just a delightful he was like a poet you know yeah oh he was he, he was a poet in a scientist's body yeah he like he's so funny to me like because if you didn't know who he was and you just listened to, to him talk you'd be like oh what a dork <laughs> like, yeah like the way he talks like the way he says billions. different things yeah. billions uh, and billions you humans and sexual <laughs> <laughs> you're like okay dude um, but yeah, he like the way he phrases things, my God. And I don't know if you've watched like the Sagan series at all. Um, it's a YouTube series, but damn, if you want a like religious experience from science, go watch the Sagan series. He, they nice. take, um, I think before Carl Sagan died, he read, um, his book. Oh, I'm going to blank on the name of it. Uh, pale blue dot. 
And there's right. some lines in Pale Blue Dot that are just like, my God, you know, this is the reality that we live in. And like, he, like you said, he just says it in such beautiful language. But they take some of like the famous excerpts from that book and they put it over um, basically like shots of nature and uh, some very like beautiful and chill like sometimes it's just like piano playing and stuff and it just like honestly sometimes i watch those just be- when i'm feeling down and it like brings me to tears yeah like same with uh <clears throat> there's a spin-off series called the Feynman series from richard Feynman. same thing dude that first episode of that is yeah oh wow i i recommend them for sure yeah but wow yeah getting, man we're getting deep <laughs> it's pretty amazing yeah words have a way of stirring a person's heart even freaking decades after i know that's what's so cool about reading though like i mean reading and and now like the like now i mean 80 years from now or whatever assuming we're still able to like have these archived like people can hear our voices from how from how we sound right now which yeah. is wild you know so it's pretty cool yeah it is that's what well, i really like about about reading though is just like being able to tap into people's psyches which i think we've already oh, right. talked about but yeah dude like we can freaking open up a book and we can read what the emperor of rome 2000 years ago was thinking yeah like literally legitimately yeah he wrote a book <laughs> yeah are you talking about marcus aurelius yeah yeah meditation he's just like wow yeah he's like there's a whole passage on how getting out of bed is really hard right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know dude that's what's so funny like I was talking to Ali about uh, history a while ago, like a couple weeks ago, and I mentioned that story you told me about, like, how in the UK they found, like, these letters from the Romans that lived there, and it was basically, yeah. like, just, like, gossip, like, yeah. gossip letters that they were sending back and forth. It was so funny, dude. It's like, yeah, humanity has, like, changed so much, but at the same time, it's exactly the same. Yeah, we haven't changed that much. No. It's, I mean, it's funny, yeah. The letter was like, hi, mom, how are you? Yeah, no, Billy's still an asshole. Can you believe that he th- said this about Christine? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so funny, dude. Yeah. Well, listeners, if you guys are still with us after 20 minutes of that. Um, Thank you. <laughs> well, and why wouldn't you be, though? That was riveting. <laughs> um, uh, I think we can safely move on. Yeah. Um, we had some, uh, I don't know. We did have some game dev stuff we wanted to talk about, but it doesn't feel very natural to just like jump well, into it right now. No, but it is stuff I want to talk about. Um, All right, let's hit it. Yeah. So, well, a couple of things just to update everyone. Most people who listen are probably people who watch my streams. <laughs> so they know and are in the discord. So they know what's going on. But if not, um, it is March 9th, and I finished uh, One Game February uh, last month. I don't think we talked about it because last week we did a special episode where we missed our normal stuff. Um, so that was fun. I finished that up. I got um, basically two songs that I made for that like kind of infinite runner platformer or platform 
kind of game where you jump on the platforms to build different songs. And uh, it's kind of a stupid little game. But what I did appreciate about it was that the way I built it made it so that um, I could expand on it pretty easily. Like I can make a hundred levels with a hundred different songs. And as long as I kind of abide by the little rules that I set up, it would be pretty easy to make. I just have to make the song, split the audio files and put it in a new level. So that was kind of cool. I was a little bit sad that I didn't make more than that, but it feels good. That was my fifth month of one gam. So we're on month six and man, so I've been having a little bit of a dilemma and Rhett and I were kind of talking about this before the podcast, but I'm getting to the point where <clears throat> I'm not so certain if the 12 months of one gam is the best way to go. Like I've already proven to myself that I can do plenty of small games in a short amount of time, whether it's a game jam or one game a month. And honestly, I'm getting a little bit burned out, but I'm also kind of seeing the success that others around me are having. Um, you know, some of you guys out there, I am watching release games and they seem like they're doing pretty well. Um, and it's really inspiring. It makes me feel like, you know, I've been on this journey for a little more than a year learning Unity development. And I feel like I'm getting to that point where I might be able to make something that I could put up on an app store. Um, and so this current project I'm working on for one game a month. March, the theme is permanence. And the idea that I have for the game is basically um, a resource management game where you are a logging company and you have to meet the demands of the housing market to build houses um, while um, sustaining your forests. And you're in kind of this small world where um, you know, these forests are generated. And if you run out of forest, just like we are on earth, if we cut down all of our trees, we're pretty much hosed. Um, so the coolest thing and the most inspiring thing has been learning some procedural generation. And I've, um, there's a video on Unity's website that is so helpful. The very first um, tutorial series or video in the tutorial series uh, is called, I think, Cellular Automata. Automata, did I say that right? Um, and it teaches you some pretty basics about how to use procedural generation. Basically, the way that it works is you start off with a, an array, like a 2D array, like a grid that represents your game space. And all you do is generate random numbers. So they start off with zero to one. So you basically go through and generate this grid that randomly chooses zero or one. And then once you do that, like you, you can see that it's just this kind of noise map. And after that, you basically run that array through a smoothing method that loops through all of the cells in that grid, checks the, what the neighbor, the neighboring cells are like so like for me my cells are grass or trees and if a neighbor is a tree um it increases like the count of 
neighbors that have trees as well. And based off of that number, it determines if that should stay a tree or turn into grass. And you run it through this smoothing function and it ends up making it like really clumpy and kind of like much more realistic looking, which is super cool. That was really fun to, to play with and experiment with. So right now I got that set up. I got um, random kind of forests being spawned, but then I took it a step further and, and have made it so that a river gets spawned randomly each time and kind of goes, cuts through your scene. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about the potential of this game. And I was telling Rhett, um, I've heard of Steam Spy. Uh, it's a website where you can look at different games and kind of see stuff about their sales. And I honestly like don't know how ethical it is uh, to look at it. I think some of the talks that... Um, I watched at the uh, Pro Indie Dev uh, conference. We're talking about like using that as a tool, as like market research, you know, and like seeing some of the games that I play and what they, you know, how they've sold has been so inspiring because some of them are very niche, niche, whatever, and you'd have no idea how well they, how well they sell. But after looking at some of those numbers, it's like, wow, this is this is really encouraging. I mean, I know that making indie games is really hard. Making profits off of indie games is really hard. But my expectations are pretty low, right? Like we've had conversations about what would constitute a successful game to us. And like at this point, if I put up a game and sold it, you know, for probably less than ten dollars, probably in in between like one ninety nine and four ninety nine, depending on what it is. If I sold a thousand copies of that, I would feel pretty good about that. You know, this is just a hobby. Um, and after looking at some of those statistics, it definitely feels feasible. Like I'm getting to a point where I can confidently make a game. Um in the way that I mostly had it envisioned. So why not, instead of spending a month on each game and just having to kind of finish and be like satisfied with wherever it is, you know, just to just to say I'm done, why not spend a little extra time, push through, you know, maybe spend three months, four months on one game and see if I can put it up on Steam or... Google Play or something like that. Um, so I'm kind of I'm kind of debating about this month what I should do. Um, if this game ends up being um, interesting enough to play, by the time I hit the end of one game a month, I might call it there and just say, okay, let's work on this for another couple months and see how far I can push it. Um, to make it something that people might want to pay a dollar for or something, you know? Um, so if you guys are like on the cusp, like I've felt for so long about where you're at in your game development, it might help your confidence to, to go on to steam spy and look up some games that you've played um, and just kind of see how they're doing. I don't know if that like, is the best way of doing it but 
like having at least a general idea of what the market's like for different games, whether they're similar to your style or maybe just in scale, I feel like it's probably a good thing to, to look at. So yeah, that's, that's what I've been kind of chewing on over the last couple of weeks. Um, and it's, it is exciting. Like I can't wait to be able to make a game that I'm really proud of. And like, um, proud enough of to be able to sell it for money and say yeah this is worth money you know i don't think i've hit that point yet but i think i'm getting sort of close so with that extra time and extra polish i think it's possible right on man yeah i mean that's what tools like steam spire are for and i mean even i i couldn't i wouldn't even be able to begin speculating on, I guess, like the, uh, you know, legality of this or whatever, but it seems legit enough. I mean, they've got a Patreon account and all that sort of stuff, so they must understand, you know, their own footing. Right, and and also the way I kind of think about it is that, the, like, they have to be getting this data from Steam, right? Yeah, yeah. So if Steam the- makes it open then it must be legal, right? I don't know. Steam Spy is a website created by Sergey Galankian, launched in April 2015. The site uses an application programming interface to the Steam software distribution service that is owned by Valve. Uh, that's just what Wikipedia says. Uh, to estimate the number of sales software titles offered on the service. Estimates are made based on the API polling user profiles from Steam to determine what software titles they own and using statistics to estimate overall sales. So there yeah. you go. That's how they do it. They just pull big numbers and estimate. So it's not accurate, yeah, obviously. It's not fully accurate, but it, it doesn't give you like, this is how much this person has made, you know, because right. obviously like... That's impossible. Yeah, the cost is in flux all the time with sales right. and whatever else but it's cool to even have a ballpark guess yeah and it's cool too because you can narrow it down by you know any sort of search parameter you want you can narrow it down by um countries you can narrow it down by companies genres uh years Mm -hmm. you can do individual titles like it's it's pretty thorough Mm -hmm. and pretty cool and just looking at the top list it's like i don't i don't even recognize some of these games on here (laughs) but yeah uh, but it's definitely worth taking a look and i always think like honestly that uh, like comparing yourself to others like as negative of a a habit as it can be it's also your most powerful tool for gauging your peers and gauging where your work should be i mean anybody who's ever done anything like uh, so all of us game devs we are already set apart from other people because you've taken that first step. You went from a dreamer to a doer. Mm -hmm. And of course, along the way, the arc of like your own self-respect and self-value changes, right? You always start off and it always starts with that like, well, wait a minute, I can do that. Yeah. If those yahoos are doing it, I can do it, which is why we say, hey, if we can do it, you can too, because we're not special. Nope. You know, <laughs> we're just, we're just, you know, trying in to be fact, a, a light in a dark place. I think after getting to know some of you on the Discord, 
I feel like I'm below the average curve. Like it takes <laughs> me so long to do things. Like I don't know. Some of you guys in my chat or in the Discord will just say, "Oh yeah, you just do this," and I'm like, "Uh." Okay, I mean, that makes sense on the surface, but that's going to take me hours. Like, one of my streams this week, I was trying to implement the uh, random river, um, and Mm -hmm. I was struggling so hard, and somebody was like, well, why don't you just start with the river um, going just straight, straight across your level? I was like, oh, I mean, yeah, that's probably a good idea. And then, like, that one didn't take me too long to do, but it's, like, it probably, like, I was on stream for, like, an hour and a half farting around not knowing how to do anything, and then someone (laughs) gives me this one little suggestion, and I'm like, oh, well, you guys probably thought of that instantly. (laughs) I don't know. But that's also me just probably not being very confident. But still, you know, like, you guys are amazing devs, so. (laughs) Yeah. No, for real. And, uh. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, you know, being below other people because that that's part of, like, our point as well is to show you it's okay to not be the best, you know? Like, yeah. You got to just start somewhere. And that's what this whole fucking podcast is, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if you guys put the time in, and, and that's where I think I have an advantage is that I'm not scared to put the time in. Right. I might it, it might take me three times as long as somebody else, but they might give up before they've even hit that, right. you know, one third of the time I put in. So you just right. it's like it's like how do you how do you become successful at any job? Well, the first step is you show up every day on time, right? And as long as you do that, you're ahead of a lot of people. <laughs> so, yep. And uh, the other place I was going with that is that, you know, obviously when you start something, it always starts with like, well, hey, I I can do that. And then you start doing it. You're like, I'm amazing at this. (laughs) And then it keeps going and you're like, wow, I suck. I can't keep going. I should just kill myself. This is worthless. This is trash. I'm wasting my time. You're never going to amount to anything, you worthless piece of shit. And then you come out the other side and you're like. Well, I still feel like a worthless piece of shit, but I guess my stuff's okay because people seem to respond to it well, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I think your point about comparing yourself to others, especially when you're like potentially going to sell something, is a very important step to take. Because right. if you don't have any idea, any metric, yeah, any like... metric about what you know the quality of your stuff compared to others looks like i mean it could be amazing you might be way ahead of somebody else but if you're, if you're on the other end of things and you put something up that's not that good it's going to get trashed on especially if you put it up for money as soon as you put that 99 cent on there people are going to crap on it you know yeah so see and it's it's hard because i will be the first to say that it, it is a double-edged sword, right? Like, obviously, we all kind of get to where we are because we've compared ourselves to other people. We've compared our work to other people's work. And, of, and of course, there's that great saying that I think should hopefully make people feel better. It's like, you know, good artists borrow, great artists steal. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of truth to that. And I have no problem. Like, you know, when I'm writing a song, a rock song, sometimes I'll just look at a riff from somebody else's very 
famous song that I enjoy and I'll go, well, that's mine now, but how can I make it be mine? You know, how can I make it so that they don't go, hey, you stole that from Billy Joel. Right. (laughs) Um, You know, that's part of the battle. And the same thing, like, I mean, everything that you've ever coded has already been coded before. There's nothing wrong with asking help or looking at how somebody else did it and emulating that. And so on and so forth. But there is something to be said about isolation as well. And I don't necessarily prescribe to this at all, but I always look at one band in particular, The Bad Plus, who me and Taylor really admire. Yeah. A jazz trio. The piano player... Um, in order to better his piano playing, isolated himself from music for 10 years. And when he came out, he would hear all these like songs for the first time that they were going to cover in their jazz band. And he would say, Oh yeah, I can see that why that was a popular song. You know, it's like, shut the fuck up popular. No, this was a cultural phenomenon. You motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I I think especially for beginners, the other way is probably more beneficial. Like, I I do not think that isolation is necessarily the way to go. I'm saying that it has its place. Yeah, for but sure. Personally, I I really kind of respect the. You know, it's fun when you can listen to a band and you can go. Whoa! Here's all their influences. Clearly, right? Yeah. And well, then you look, you listen to those bands, and then you go, "Whoa! This goes back even further." And then you listen to those, and you go, "Whoa! This goes back even further." Right? Yeah. It's it's that same thing of most everything has been done already, so mm-hmm. like you're gonna just kind of mimic what you know, and that's like I was talking about it when I was making Ubwanga finally having it feel like a game that was a game and basically what that means is oh this feels like other games (laughs) yeah yeah and that's a good thing right because people expect to to be able to just hop in a game and generally know like the rules right so i don't know and and like i hear that a lot with artists too that like you would think oh uh you know, draw me like this type of animal. They're not just going to like draw it right away. They're going to look at pictures of it. You know, like I oftentimes when I do pixel art, I search for the very thing that I want to draw in Google images. And I do like, like last night it was lumberjack and, but I did lumberjack pixel art, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to just use the exact thing that I saw, but it gives me a good idea of how other people interpret the thing that I'm trying to do. Um, and I, and that's okay, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh dude. What a, 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 what what was up with your week, dude? I didn't talk to you at all. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't talk at all? I mean, not really. I think, 
the book club stuff we talked a little bit, but I was like super busy at work, so I barely responded. I was like barely present on the Discord, which made me feel kind of bad. But yeah, you should feel bad. Those people are relying on you, Taylor, not me. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, um, yeah, no. Uh, this week, kind of a an interesting one. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but. You know, my, my work schedule has, like, sort of, uh, you know, done that thing that I've been bitching about for the last year, where I was like, sooner or later, I won't be as busy. Well, I reached that moment, and it was actually, uh, to be honest, it, it, it's kind of depressing. And Not being busy? Yeah. I, I think I'm one of these types who, like, obviously I hate work, but <laughs> I... And I, and it's not even that I enjoy being busy. I hate being busy. Yeah. I You're hate like, being, I hate, I hate like eating dinner the night before and looking at my schedule for the next day and going, ugh. from the moment I wake up till the moment I go to bed, I know what I have to do. Yeah. Like, I hate that. But when you're doing it, it's not that bad because you don't have to th- make decisions yeah you don't have to think you just go and you do it and i'm one of these types that i think i i work to sort of like escape you know like my i I don't even want to say demons because i don't have demons but it's like i work to just sort of like escape well fuck me you know what i'm talking about right (laughs) it's like it's like so obviously go ahead it's, it's like you're you like it's not that you like being busy with stuff that you don't really want to do but it's a it's kind of a a good feeling in a way knowing that like you know what you have to do like yeah. without having to like make these hard decisions to right and it's also like know. it's also like a really good buffer and convenient excuse for not having not living the life that I really want. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Right, yeah. Where I could say, well, it's not my fault that I didn't read that book that I wanted to get to. Or it's not my fault that I didn't work on game dev. Or it's not my fault that I didn't get any chance to get writing in or work on that song or do work on that project because I was busy. Yeah. It's a convenient excuse for and sure. nobody blames you for it, right? Everybody <laughs> expects you to work 40 hours a week, but then yeah. the moment. And so on one hand, I've got this newfound kind of freedom and I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to keep myself busy with other stuff and I, and I do need to obviously keep making money. So it's not like I've given up completely on work and, or my business or any of these things. I'm still putting a lot of effort into those things, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I have a little bit more flexibility than I did. And, and it, but when it first hit me, it, uh, it kind of sent me into a funk. Like I had a really rough couple weeks there. And it's like, man, I would rather just be at work and not have to think about this. But here I am. And it's like, I guess I'll try to solicit clients. And I'd like look online and send emails and yeah. just like be self-deprecating and come down on myself like all day. It was just, it was kind well, of miserable. I think what you're describing is exactly why people like get jobs. <laughs> like they, it's that security that you get from knowing that you have to work Monday through Friday from nine to six or whatever, you know, right? like you don't have to worry so much about the bills, um, about insurance, all that kind of stuff. Like, cause your, your job is, 
is doing that for you. But yeah. then once you once you fall out of that, um, it's tough. I, I think part of that also is why a lot of retired people or well, they'll either go back and get a, another job or they could retire and they just choose not to. Right. Because, like, what else are they going to do? And, you know, there's still good things coming from working. You're still, like, you know, making a wage, being able to support your family, adding to retirement plan or whatever. Um, and you don't have to, like... It, like just like just like starting game dev right it's it's really hard to make that first step and as soon as you stop doing that kind of consistent thing that you've always done then you have to make a first step to do something you right know? like oh i i can't wait till i retire because i'm gonna learn how to paint well then you retire and you're like well dang painting's hard <laughs> or you're on your deathbed and you're like but i never learned how to paint right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, yeah, I feel well, that, and that's man. kind of the beauty of working is that it it does it does keep your dreams dreams, which in one hand is I think valuable in its own way, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. There, there's something that's really disheartening about achieving a dream. It's like, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> and that's why, like, we've talked about the journey being more important than the end result. And yep. I have I have a hard time with that too because like, especially I don't know why I'm like this. We've talked about it uh, where when I'm reading a book, like oh I just can't wait to get to the end. Yeah. You know, it's a very satisfying feeling to be like oh I finished that book, but then that like discounts the whole process, everything you yeah. learned, all this all the stuff that like went into that book like is over, and that's yeah. really sad. Well, that's um, why what I used to do when I used to read fiction, uh, I still do read fiction. What the fuck am I talking about? But <laughs> but when I was a kid, I used to always read the first page, the last page first. <laughs> I would read the last page and be like, all right. And then I would start the book, you know? Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Rhett, I got a challenge for you then. Okay. I know we're not at the end of the podcast yet. and We haven't done challenges for... Yeah, we wow. suck. God, I can't even hardly remember the last time we did it. Yeah, we got to keep this challenge shit up. We're I know, lazy yeah. motherfuckers. <laughs> All right, so my challenge to you, I don't know how much you're working, but I really want you to get going on that Unity course again. Um, yeah. I, ch- I challenge you to... I, I'm trying to figure out a good time amount. Yeah, um, I'll do it. I got it. Okay. <laughs> How about like at least an hour worth of videos this week? How about until the next time we podcast, I will not have a zero day on those videos. That sounds great. Even if it's a minute. Yep. Which obviously we know it won't be. It's like we talked about with Game Dev Seal, <laughs> which, you know, nobody knows what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know, it's just that idea of like, okay, just sit down and do it. That's the goal. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. Cool. And I'm, I'm not exactly drowning in an overabundance of time, but I will do it, Taylor. <laughs> hey, if you want to talk about not having an overabundance of time, I fucking have no time, and I still get like ten to twenty hours of game dev in a week. So. Yeah, Taylor. But you want to compare schedules? You want to compare? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying, man. You no, you can fit in. Some I know time. what you're saying. 
Yeah. No, th- I know what you're saying. The thing is, though, is this this is why I never like I never measure, you know, um, calendar dicks as it was as it <laughs> as it is as it were. I don't know what the right phrase there is, but because it always everybody's priorities are always different, and everybody always feels busy, even if they're not. Yeah, for you sure. You know. And you look at some people and it's like, wow, you legitimately don't have any time. And yet you still find time to do these things. And then there's other people who they're busy as hell, and the, but they feel like they're not busy, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're like, but then you got people who are not busy at all. And they're like, oh, I'm swamped, you know? Yeah. I used to have a friend all the time who'd be like, hey, man, come hang out. Like very last minute. Uh, I can't. Sorry. Well, what about tomorrow? I can't, man. I'm sorry. You want to? You want to hang out? Like, let's put something on the books for like next week. <laughs> that sounds like, familiar, what? doesn't it? A schedule. Well, that's like it's funny because when you think about it, most of our friends, most of my friends that have gone into adulthood with me that I'm still friends with, mm-hmm. we're friends because we are respective of each other's schedules and we can like actually schedule something. Yeah. You know, you and I are that way. Mm-hmm. Hey, how about uh, you know next week we could do that thing. <laughs> or every week at Friday, we'll record right. a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why. And that's. I'm, go ahead. Yeah, that's why I feel kind of bad about not not going on the show with you and Jeff the other day. But like, it's just so hard for me to, like, kind of speaking of the same thing of not having like your standard schedule. It's so hard yeah. for me if I don't have it in my mind for a while to feel like I can break my current schedule that I have. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's so much prep work, even though it's not like that much work that goes into like preparing to do something that's outside of my normal schedule. Right. <laughs> Which I feel like a jerk saying, but so that like that happened on Wednesday, uh, that happened, uh, with you and Jeff. And then yesterday, uh, one of my friends at work, asked me to go see a movie and i was like uh i'm sorry like i have to stream (laughs) yeah you know well and see but then the problem is is when those people don't understand it yeah you know like he was very understanding and so were you but right i have friends who hey man let's hang out tonight oh i can't i've got blacksmithing let's hang out uh tomorrow night then uh i can't I'm i'm going on my friend's stream okay how about thursday uh, sorry, dude. I'm pl- my band's playing a show. Okay, Friday, and it's like, uh, it's kind of like mine and Bailey's night, <laughs> <laughs> right? I know. That's the thing, man. Like you get older, and and you can't just do things on a whim as much. Like you and I used to do that all the time in high school. Yeah. You just call each other. Hey, what's up, dude? What are you doing? Nothing. Want to hang out? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah you know but i know now, one of my favorite memories i was thinking this the other day we were walking around oktoberfest and it's like you guys want to go jam yeah all right oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah those jam sessions during oktoberfest were pretty good yeah dude but always yeah but yeah nowadays like i feel bad because danny does this to me sometimes danny vanacoovering uh he, he will come down to eugene but i don't know about it and it'll be like 7 p.m. And he'll call me and be like, hey, dude, what's up? I'm like, nothing. He's like, cool, you want to hang out? I'm like, oh, well, when I say nothing, I mean like <laughs> like I'm at home and I'm doing stuff, but like nothing really important. <laughs> but I can't really go out. <laughs> yeah. you know? uh, I it's feel sort bad. Of, but You yeah. know, but that's sort of like why we've talked about this before. It's this idea of carving out time that you defend. Mm-hmm to get things done. 
Right. Right. Now that you have a schedule, you don't really have to justify your game dev time to Alia. Right. And now that you and I have a schedule for podcasting or anything, and there is always resistance at first, always from other people. Well, what? Right. But then couple weeks down the line a month two into it people are like oh yeah well taylor's streaming <laughs> yeah you know or oh yeah well this is happening mm-hmm. it's just unfortunate i have too many too many friends who just they don't respect the fact that i have a lot of hobbies mm-hmm. that i take pretty seriously like i don't do things half-assed you know i'm kind of like all in all out i mean and obviously i haven't finished those fucking udemy courses <laughs> yet but <laughs> but that doesn't mean that i'm not any less invested in game dev than i was before right. i still am We've got a year's worth of fucking this podcast under our belt Mm -hmm. and a year's worth of trying to cultivate a community and build something cool and all this stuff. And I still read about it. I still watch videos. I still listen to podcasts. I still immerse myself in the community and the culture. Yeah, man. It's just as important to me as it was a year ago. Right. Yeah, I think. There's people that just don't they don't get it and it's it's unfortunate and it's like they want they think that your priorities aren't as important. <laughs> yeah. I I feel really bad but there there's been several people at work um who I'm like kind of friends with but more of like acquainted with that like have asked me to do things, you know, and it's like always on a whim. Yeah. And I I always don't do it because yeah, it's just that same thing like I'm I'm not at that place in my life anymore where I just have so much time that I can do whatever I want with that yeah. I'll go like spend an evening doing something that may not end up be worthwhile. Like right, I, I, my time at this point is precious to me, yeah. so I want to spend my time doing something beneficial, like building something. Like actually, if I wanted to say what really has defined my life over the last like year and a half. It's been building something. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And that's the fun. And th- see, you and me, I think we have similar personalities in the way that A, all of these side projects make us feel like we're not just pissing our days away. Mm-hmm. And it's an important creative outlet as well. Right. Yeah. I think you and I have always sort of been in that same page where it's like, well, okay, this band, like, that's the outlet let's play shows let's record songs let's do as much with this as we can and then when that goes away you find another outlet right. and for a while there we were like trying to make a film together which we should finish <laughs> i know i know <laughs> um and then and then it's the podcast and then it's game dev and it's all this you know it's like you always find an outlet for something else and for, you know when i stopped playing in bands podcasting was the perfect substitute for that yeah because it's almost the same thing. Obviously, you're not playing music and that sort of thing, but... Still audio. Yeah. And, you know, all my bandmates. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, You actually, know, and then, then yeah. when the... Go ahead. I was going to say, at least the bands that I've been in with you, well, maybe not true. The last one with, like, O'Shea and stuff, he hasn't been on a podcast with you, but, like... Pretty much all of all of like our bands now we have podcasts with those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for real, dude. I had a podcast with Kane. I had a podcast with Lee, and I, you know, we were in a band briefly with Lee. Yeah. Um, podcast John. with you. Podcast with John. Podcast Kurt, now with Danny. Kurt, Danny. <laughs> uh, the only one would be Jason. Uh, your brother? 
No, the, all the other Jasons I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, my I know a lot of Jasons. Okay. Well, we were talking about bandmates. And I was like, who was in our band named Jason? <laughs> I said the only one I wasn't in a band with was oh. Jason. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, even but even that though, like thinking back to when we were like heavy into Dota and Counter Strike, it wasn't like as creative necessarily as sure stuff we're doing. But but is we're building a team. Yeah. You know, we're we're helping each other define our roles in that team and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Like it all has that same type of vibe, which is really satisfying, you know. Yeah. Speaking of which, we should play some Counter Strike. Yeah. <laughs> right now, let's log off. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> Taylor, you need to play more games, my friend. I know. Hey, speaking of games, actually, I've been meaning to talk about this for a while. Did I yeah. did I ever talk about any of the games that me and Allie have been playing? No. I don't know if I have. So no, other than um Burgundy Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was a while ago. We haven't played Burgundy in a while. But yeah, I've been playing um ever since I got my new laptop. Basically, my schedule is I stream from 8 to 10 and then from 10 until whenever we go to sleep, we play a game on my laptop, which has been super fun. Um we went through and beat all the Samorost, like Samorost 1 and 2, which are point Yeah, I saw you games. playing those. We're on Samurai's three, which is a freaking beautiful game, and it's yeah. real. It's funny because one of the main pieces of the game is this the Samurai's clarinet, and Allie used to play clarinet, and so it's kind of funny because she's like, last night she's like, "Is it like, is it dorky of me to kind of feel inspired to play my clarinet after this?" <laughs> I was like, "No, this game is awesome. Like the clarinet is great." But um, so we've we've been playing a bunch of like puzzle and point and click casual games. One of them that we played is called Goragoa, and oh my god, that game is so awesome! It's like this uh, puzzle game. It's all I think it's all hand drawn, very beautiful and it's like split into these quadrants and you have to like drag different pieces of it almost looks like a storybook with like a character you're trying to get this little boy to kind of like walk through different scenes and stuff and wow it is so good i i think i saw might have been starlight skies streaming it and i was like wow i need to i need to get this game and it was so amazing um, but Alia likes more of the like casual type games, and so all these point and click ones are really like fitting that. So we're probably gonna go through the rest of the Samaras games, probably Machinarium, Botanicula, all from Amanita Studios. And then we got this other one. Oh shoot, what's it called? Karma, Karma Incarnation or something like that. Looks pretty cool. So I have been getting game time in, but it's been with Alia. Good so good that's that's fun man yeah it it makes me it it's even more enjoyable because it allows me to kind of put one of my hobbies and passions and combine it with my wife so we can like spend time together it's like i'm getting double bonus or whatever for doing it you know so that's been really good but i guess we're over an hour i was gonna ask you about some of the games you've been playing but um, no, I've just been playing more Metal Gear Solid Five, And of course, I don't know if I mentioned it on the last episode, but Into the Breach came out. Um, oh, and yeah. I've been playing a lot of that. It's the uh, new game by the developers of FTL. 
Yeah. And damn, it is so good. It is it one of the best really tactic cool. style games uh, that I've played. Yeah. And it's so like you, the maps are small the like the it's very fast paced like you don't have to kill all the enemies like in a typical tactics game you just have to outlast them like a certain amount of turns okay and uh and so the moves are you have to be very concise and economic you have to be able to do multiple things with each move or you're going to lose Dang. And it's kind of like FTL where you're pretty much just in a losing situation from the get-go <laughs> and you have to just, you know, you have to just do your best to like manage your resources and keep your head above water. Yeah. It's so fun. If you guys haven't had a chance, it's 14.99, which is $5 more than FTL, but I think these guys earned that. Uh it's not I don't think it's as right now at least. It's not as like big of a game as FTL. Mm-hmm. Is it maybe it is maybe it isn't no early access or anything no it's full release no. right now okay it's uh I, I like FTL I guess just feels bigger in scope because of you know it's space they it's m- more randomized it feels like mm-hmm. um but this game has those same roguelike elements a little bit of randomization um and you can kind of customize your team as you unlock things and play through and you do multiple playthroughs. And honestly, the multiple playthrough mechanic is one of my favorites that I've ever seen. So you play as these giant mecha pilots from the future that are going back to an Earth that has been destroyed by global warming. And uh, and so all of the Earth is covered in water except for a few islands where humanity is held out. And now they are under attack basically by kaiju, which are, you know, giant monsters, like in Pacific Rim. And if you lose, if you if the lose conditions are met, your pilots go, shit, we're bailing. We got to go back in time, you know, before this and, and try again. And so you jump back in time to try to save humanity one more time. And you get to only choose one pilot to go with you and the rest are killed. Oh, wow. Because so you have your mechs, and each mech has a pilot uh, that you can then shuffle around. You know, because each pi- pilots level up, they get new skills and things like that. So it's really, really fun in that way, and I, a very, very original. It felt like so. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't even know that was coming out. I didn't know that they what they were making at that point. And I yeah, saw it. I, I was like, oh, they made FTL. Wow, like check this out, and it looks awesome. Yeah, it's fun, man. And I look. I know fourteen ninety nine seems intimidating, but it it is a great game. Yeah. It's worth fourteen ninety nine, even if it is smaller than FTL. They've earned it. It's really good. You're not going to be disappointed, and especially if you like tactic style games, it, it's one of the best. You know, and I've pl- I love tactics grid based style fighter. You know, uh, tactics uh, strategy games. So that's cool, man. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I'll have to pick it up. Um, and then, yeah. And of course, also, um, I guess just one more quick plug about my week. Uh, this last Wednesday, you know, Taylor was talking about it. I went on craft uh, computing's weekly live stream episode 21. And I just wanted to shout out because he uh, recently upgraded his camera and it's not full 4k quality, but it's very, very, very high. And the freaking picture quality is amazing. So you guys can go check it out if you really want talking heads episode 21 on craft computing's youtube channel that uh jeff is doing some amazing amazing things over there just killing it constantly growing his channel he's almost to 8k subs 
Wow. Um, That's insane, dude. Yeah. Our video from Wednesday has nearly a thousand views, which is really cool. That is um, cool. And it's just tech news, you know, hard, tech hardware news. We talk a lot about the new Ryzen uh, computer uh, processors, um, which are, I think AMD makes them. Um, we talk about beer news and things like that. We also talk about smart tech wearables in that episode. It's fun, but the quality is amazing. I'm just looking at a still frame right now, and I'm like, holy shit. That is like – and it's a still <laughs> from a video, and it looks yeah. amazing. Like you can almost count the threads on my hat. You know what I mean? It's like ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Um, and the depth of field that it gives you is just amazing. So um, check that out. Uh, hopefully next time we go on, Taylor will be on there with us. So. Yeah. Be fun. I'm excited, man. But other than that, I think this has been our episode of Game Devs Quest for the week, right? That's it, yeah. All right, well, cool, guys. Hey, um, please uh, join us on Twitter for, you know, all the things we talk about over there. We are at Game Devs Quest. But if 280 characters isn't your thing, you can email us. We are GDQ at Air Podcast. You can give us a like on Facebook, even though it pretty much is not used at all. Facebook.com slash Air Podcast. All of these podcasts and more can be found on AirPodcast.com, which hosts our sweet podcast network, which uh, mine and Taylor's other podcast is on. It's called The Awesome Book Club. We read um, nonfiction books uh, from diverse perspectives, trying to challenge our beliefs and things like that. Um, so far, it has been amazing, and even if it's completely self-serving i think a lot of people could benefit from what we talk about a lot of people might find um entertainment value in it so check it out if you know you're looking for uh, good discussions on books and if you're looking for good book recommendations as well for sure yeah i've had a lot of fun with it um also if you guys would like you can support this podcast by um, using our Humble Bundle link, which is attached to our show notes on this. You can find the uh, you can find them all on AirPodcast.com. You know, just look at this you know this episode, and you'll see it down there. But you can buy anything on HumbleBundle.com with our link, and it goes to support our podcast. Any bundle you buy, any store purchase you make, if you uh, subscribe to Humble Monthly, which I highly recommend, I. You know, I just kind of pick and choose the months, but I've never been let down by the selection of games that they give each month. Um, and also they've got, uh, God, I don't know, ebook bundles, games bundles. Right now they have a Code Your Own Games bundle that you guys might get some uh, benefit out of. Go check it out, humblebundle.com. Yeah. Use our link at the bottom of this page. I think it's like bit.ly. Yeah, bit.ly forward slash GDQ Humble. Uh, we also have a link to our Discord, bit.ly forward slash GDQ Discord. So come hang out. Yeah, come hang out, say hi, introduce yourself, meet some other amazing, amazing devs who are doing some great things right now. We really appreciate it. And if you got a moment in your busy day, give us a rating, give us a review on iTunes, your favorite podcast platform of choice. Hit that subscribe button if you never, ever want to miss an episode. We really appreciate it. And I think that does it, guys. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you all have a good week. Yeah. Cue that music. Oh, yeah.